My mother was a very good violinist. And my father got a wild idea when I was only about a year old. He said, why don't we take our good music out to the small towns in the countryside and show people there what beautiful music is. In 1920, he built one of America's first automobile trailers. They didn't have plywood then. He built it out of tongue and groove maple with brass screws. Five and a half feet wide, 14 feet long. There was a double bed at one end for my mother and father. And my two older brothers had tiny bunks at the other end. My cradle hung from one of the hoops. It looked more like a covered wagon but it was pulled by a Model T Ford, a six-foot steel drawbar, four big wheels with solid rubber tires, and a five-foot platform, which could be slid under the trailer when they were traveling, but when they parked on level ground, it could be pulled out, and the two corners held up by jacks, so it was absolutely level, and my mother would stand there playing the violin. Well, one day it started raining. The roads were not paved back in 1920, except in the cities. In between the cities, there were mostly dirt roads in America. The automobile age hadn't come yet. But on this rainy day, there were mud puddles, and then there were bigger puddles, until finally the entire road was covered with water. And then the fields on either side of the road were covered with water. My father says they could see sheep swimming. And then in another field, there were cows swimming. My mother was getting hysterical. She said, how do you know there's a road here? My father says, well, I can still see fence posts on either side, so there must be a road between. But she says, we're all going to get drowned. Can't you turn around? He says, no, there's one lane road. I can't turn around. She said, well, I can carry Peter, but can you carry the two boys? Well, my father said, if the water doesn't get higher than the carburetor, the motor of the Model T Ford will keep going. Cars are rather high in those days. I think the little Ford was probably at least seven feet high. You had to walk up to a running board and then make another big step to get inside the car. In the distance, they could see the road rising out of the water. There were some trees, and sure enough, they were saved this time. But my mother put her foot down and says, Charlie, we're going back to New York. We can both get jobs teaching back there. And this wild idea of playing Bach and Beethoven and Tchaikovsky and Chopin, it's not working. Next morning, they woke up with six serious white farmers standing around with guns, saying, we don't want no gypsies around here. And my father, in his New England accent, says, we're not gypsies, we're musicians. You're what? And my mother brings out the violin. Well, I'll be galdered. And my father says, actually, we need some place we can camp out for a few months. The roads are so bad, we can't get back north again. This was North Carolina. Well, one farmer whose name was Mackenzie says, you can camp out in a woodlot in the back of my farm if you want. And uh, for a few dollars, he got a, 
a 16-foot squad tent in an Army and Navy store, and they camped there for three or four months. One night they took their classical music up to the Mackenzie's farmhouse to show them what they did. And the Mackenzie's were very nice. They said, oh, that's lovely music. We play a little music too. And they took down banjos and fiddles and fiddled up a storm. And my father said for the first time in his life, he realized that people had a lot of good music. They didn't need his good music as much as he thought. <laughs> Believe it or not, five or six years ago, I'm singing in Chapel Hill and two elderly women and said, are you by any chance related to the Seeger family that stayed for several months with the Mackenzie's? I said, heavens, are you from that family? She said, my grandmother never stopped talking about that family from New York that stayed, stayed with them. <laughs>